As we're watching the gathering of the people for this Harry wedding thing, um, very, very happy to report no fights have broken out. That's, um, that's a bonus, that's a good thing. Um, unlike, you know, there was, I did, unfortunately, did see quite a fight at a wedding. It was um, between Charlene and Monkey Watson in uh, 1996 in Glen Innes. But this is a totally different sort of affair. But good to see no fights yet, Max. It is indeed. And yes. it's not in Glen Innes, I've noticed. No. <laughs> um, I just want to give people a little bit of a heads up for something that's happening tomorrow night. It's um, an outsider tale with Jared Hindmarsh. And it does contain an absolutely horrific story from uh, Jared's family. And it's one of these perplexing and horrific sort of things. Kiddies don't listen. It's that kind of um, uh, has a sh sort of shock value to it. The whole story is going to be about Tukorti and but this is kind of a sideline little story that Gerard um, threw in and it's, it's just simply a shocking thing. My grandfather in 1906 on the beach of Waitai, which is the family farm on Duval Island, they were working, uh, they got their yards almost right on the beach, they were tailing some um, young weathers and shearing them and this canoe came over from Tanui Island where the Ngāti Kawata people lived. It was a man, they knew he'd only recently arrived, a Māori man, but he had in the canoe a couple of children, one of them was his own. The father, they heard him yell out to his child, stay in the canoe. He was obviously in some agitated hurry. Then he wandered back to the canoe and then they heard a terrible commotion. The boy had obviously got out of the canoe. It's, of course, it's exactly the same scenario, stay in the car. But the boy had gotten out of the canoe and was throwing stones at his friend in the canoe. Well, the father threw into this terrible rage and picked up a huge bit of hardwood, driftwood, and smacked his kid on the head, just busted his head open, and the brains were all over the beach. My grandfather and his brother, they just didn't know what to do. They kind of went up to the boy, and the father pushed them away. By now he was wailing, of course, at what he had done. He picked up the boy, put him back in the canoe, and paddled off. They just couldn't believe it anyway. They talked about it for ages, and the farm workers too, and they said, you know, what are we going to do? Well, they thought they'd better write a statement of events and send it to the constable in Havelock, which they did that night. They sealed it with wax. They waited for the postman who was coming in his boat, George Webber, the following day. They give him the letter and describe the events, and he said, oh, I wouldn't bother. This is Maori business, he said. Anyway, he said, I'll take your letter, and they never heard a thing about it. Story from Jared Hindmaster's family from 1906, something his grandfather saw. Good heavens. On to something far cheerier. Anyway, that was just basically a heads up, a, a bit of an extra for outsiders tomorrow night between 11 o'clock and 12. Let's get into our royal theme. Oh, people are behaving now that they're sitting, uh, they're inside the chapel and all sitting down. They were milling about before, uh, laughing, slapping each other on the back, high-fiving, doing all that sort of stuff. But now they've uh, told to behave. Sit.
sit down people and behave. This is royal occasion. They're doing it, Max. And let us hope that you don't sit behind someone in one of those big hats. I know. Some of the hats are enormous. You couldn't see a thing behind that big no. that big lilac job that was in. She was almost blown westward, yes, wasn't she? she? Well, she, went, she will be when she goes out. Afterwards. I think she will. All right, a few royal things. You First were asking of all, about Queen Victoria. Oh, yeah, you? Queen Victoria. She started, you were saying just before the news, she <coughs> invented the idea of a white wedding dress. Is that, is that right? No, that's a little bit wrong. Uh, what we were really saying was that Victoria gave her daughters away. She saw no reason why a mother couldn't walk down the aisle. Yeah. Uh, and she decided to wear white because it was very rarely worn. Most brides of that era wore coloured outfits for their weddings. Pink, green, grey, green. Really? No, no choice. Uh, any choice at all. <clears throat> but Victoria wore a white dress and of course people copied what she did. And um, over years, until right now, uh, people wear a white dress. Her daughters wore white ones. And um, she also gave her daughter away when she wanted to. Nice. Mind you, Queen Victoria wasn't easy to say no to. No, no. <laughs> she, she had a stern <coughs> countenance when she wanted to uh, come across with that sort of bearing. Yes. Didn't she? Yes. Yes. She also started the Here Comes the Bride music. Ah. It came from an opera eight years earlier, mm -hmm. and when her Princess Victoria, her daughter, was married, she asked for that tune, and it was so effective uh, mm. that it's been used all over the world ever since, although in the opera it comes after the wedding, not right. before. Oh, okay, right. Um, now, uh, for our words associated with royalty let's go for the number one word itself royal the derivation well it's descended from an ancient ancient pre-european word reg r-e-g which meant moving in a straight line and over time that developed descendants including to direct which meant in a straight line and the word rex r-e-x which came to mean to direct in a straight line from authority. <laughs> and in Latin, that was turned into regalis, and from regalis came regal, meaning to lead. And by the late 1300s, the word regal described the man who did the top job, mm. the king. So he and his family were always thereafter described as royal, if they had his blood. It's interesting that it goes that far back. Reg, really? This is long before the European languages mm. sorted themselves out into German and French and Italian, etc. Et far out. <laughs> and, okay, Prince, he is Prince Harry. What is a, why is he a prince? Well, it's why he's a prince is because he's the son of a royal prince. Why do we call him a prince? Um, but the word comes from ancient French, which came from ancient Latin princeps, from which came a word you're very familiar with, primus, known as a primus stove. Primus meaning one, uncapio to seize. And it settled into meaning the chief, the most distinguished ruler. And that became the word prince from princeps and primus and capio to seize it's a mixture of three words uh -huh. in great britain a son of the king or queen is automatically uh, uh, the king or reigning queen mm. is automatically a prince and so are his sons the sons of princesses are not princes mm. i was looking at st george's chapel on the tv now what are all those lamps doing there does every single person need a lamp well it has a very famous choir and they sing often at night but do they all... Oh, God, I see. It's like one lamp per person. Well, it, uh, it could be the choir stalls. I've been in that chapel, and I'm not sure if we're looking at the choir stalls or not, because... Look at those lamps. Serena Williams has got a lamp. She doesn't need a lamp. Well, I'm not able to give you the reason. OK. <laughs> but I, I'm looking... I'm waiting for the... Um, it's just plates. like your regular bedside lamp. 
I'm waiting for the flags to show. Because oh, they yeah. Well, tell us about the flags while we're on it. Well, they are part of being a knight of the garter, which is the highest rank a civilian can hold. Mm -hmm. And there have been three New Zealand knights of the garter, uh, Sir Edmund Hillary, um, Sir Holyoke, and Baron, Baron Elworthy from um, Christchurch. And their banners were there. I, when I was last in that chapel, uh, Holyoke's was still showing. It was the Holy Oak. Mm. It was an oak tree in a holy setting. Um, but the banners go when the people die. Otherwise, they would be you know, crowded out. Right. But there's a lovely line the, the Queen once said, not in an interview, but when she was speaking to someone about the Order of the Garter. And um, every year there's a parade of the Knight's Companion from Windsor Castle through the street to that chapel that we're looking at. And by coincidence, the, the actual road that they walk on goes downwards towards the, um, the chapel in, in these enormous robes they wear with the huge hats with ostrich plumes. And the Queen once said, these were her exact words, she said, those uniforms couldn't have been practical, even in the days when people walked in them. Certainly, it's a very warm day in June when we go there. It's lucky we plod downhill and not uphill. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. Yeah. She, she comes out with the good, she does. good lines. In the Order of the Garner, that was Edward III. He was a pretty warlike king with his son, the Black Prince. 1348, that all was. Mm. And up in the roof of the chapel, I don't know if you'll see them, but the roof there are, um, and the, the animals belonging to various uh, of the legends of England. Uh, it, it's 700 years old, that oh. chapel. There were ten kings buried, ten monarchs buried oh, really? there. Yes. Ten of them? Yes, and the, and the queen will be buried there. Really? Well, that's... They ran out of room at Westminster Abbey. Or she just wants to be there. She likes Windsor, doesn't she? It's the it's the favourite, yeah. I, I believe. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, words: bride and wedding, derivation. Well, bride. Um, when royal was arriving into English in the late thirteen hundreds, the usual word for a wedding was bridelope, which meant bridal run in reference to conducting the bride to her new home. The word wedding has a rather unfortunate history. It comes from an ancient word wed, which actually meant a financial pledge. It was a surety that payment would be paid for some promise. In terms of human relationship, the words wed and its derivative wedding meant the purchase of a bride for breeding purposes or social or financial advantage. So, a man could offer ownership of land, a distinct rise in status if the groom was a lord, or perhaps political advancement, or just plain old cash. And those were called the bride price. But the overall description of the setup was a wed because it involved payment. However, at much the same time, an old German word called Wetten came into use, and it also meant pledge, but not a pledge involving money. So the word wed, meaning an association which had to be paid for, was gradually replaced by the English version of the old German word Wetten, with its symbolism of a pledge, a promise, but not one including a price. Mm. So rather fortunately for all of us, we now have the ancient German word for wedding, which means a pledge, a promise, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the old meaning has been discarded completely. Okay. Um, when you went to this wedding between, it was Andrew and Fergie, wasn't it? Yes. Did they have a cake? Did you get a cake? Did no, you get I wasn't. Some cake? I, I was in, in the abbey for the um, wedding, but the, not everybody gets invited to the breakfast.
Oh, I see. Right, so not everyone that's lined up in there that's mooching around, like David Beckham, he probably won't go to the breakfast. Well, we don't know. Um, St George's Chapel is quite a lot smaller. The Westminster Abbey holds at least 1,800 people. Oh, OK. This one only holds 600. Mm -hmm. And you, um, the reception is going to be held in the hall nearby, mm -hmm. and it can seat 160, the St George Chapel Hall. But if they all stand up, uh, it seats 600. So mm. since there's about 600 people at the wedding, I suppose it's possible that they are all going to mm. the reception. Mm. But in Westminster Abbey, you couldn't do that because you'd have to have a sort of reception for 1,800 people, which is a bit cumbersome. I wonder if they that, that, that's not public at all. You don't get to see the breakfast. Absolutely not. Really? Someone would film it just for fun, though, wouldn't they? Well, um... Of course, in in the time when I was in London and I did go, was was asked to that wedding. Uh, things like cell phones and miniature cameras weren't in the least bit popular. I mean, oh. They didn't exist. No, oh. I doubt if uh, unless these people have to walk through an arch, which would detect if they had something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I, but you think they actually might want to film it for posterity? People often do because you know it's a fun time. You know, the comedy can be a little bit blue. Some of the jokes. Do they cut the cake or would they get the butler to do it? That I can't answer you because okay. that will be done at the reception. Okay. And and that also has changed its tradition. Has it? Because it used to be only one or the other cut the cake, but now they do it with their hands, one held over the other. Like a pilot taking off on that thing. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Uh, there's a stately old vehicle. It looks like a Rolls-Royce. Yeah, it is a Rolls-Royce. It looks like an old one. It must have someone important in it. And that looks like the bride. Uh, she's um, uh, going along at about five miles an hour in a fuddy-duddy old car. Not in a golden coach. Not in a golden coach. Oh. No, in a car. Who's driving? I wonder who that is. Okay. Oh, somebody very reliable, I yes. should think. We shall take a short break when we return. More royal language stuff and some interesting history about St George's Hall, which is in Windsor Castle, which is where the Normans hid from the general public. This should, this should be playing an ad. The Weekend Variety Wireless with Dock Edge Festival. Get a free program at dockedge.nz. A bit of a royal special because we can and because we can get Max in and talk about royal stuff and because he's been to one of these things that is a royal wedding at Westminster Abbey, which I reckon is one up from this palacey thing, this, this St George's Chapel affair. But um, anyway, it's a fascinating old place, this St George's Chapel. Yes, yes, it's it's not large, but it's very old. Um, the Order of the Garter was established there in 1348. Mm -hmm. And um, as we were speaking a moment ago, the, if you have an Order of the Garter, you have to have this costume of an enormous cloak with a huge collar and a great big hat with plumes. And the Queen, of course, leads the parade when they do it once a year, and Charles will have to do it sometime. Oh, yeah. um, but St George's Chapel is... is it's very friendly. So, I mean, Westminster Abbey is quite forbidding. Mm. But we can see... Even the fear the, of God, aren't you? The fear of God, is it? Yes, <laughs> perhaps that. And, ten, and, ten monarchs are buried there, ten of them. Yes, I believe so. Do you know which ones? Um, no, oh, I don't know which ones. Right. I mean, I have read it somewhere, but I can't remember that. Mm. But the, it's, you, you mentioned it being in Windsor Castle. It's actually part of Windsor Castle, but not actually in it. You see, they're all walking down the street, down our street, right. to get there. I, I really don't know if you can get into it from inside the castle. The mm. Queen, I can't imagine the Queen walking down the street to get there, but maybe she will. You mm. never know. Mm -hmm. Secret tunnel. And up above the 
roof are all the mystic beasts which over history of England have belonged as symbols to certain dukes or princes or what have you. And one of them is a dog, which always fascinated me. Yeah. <laughs> a great big dog. All right. Of, I think a white greyhound. Um, now, the word Duke, he's become the Duke of Sussex. They've uh, divided up an entire county and thrown it at him. Harry Hewitt, or whatsoever his name is, um, uh, Windsor. Uh, he's now the Duke of Sussex. Why is he a Duke? Well, uh, the word Duke. Well, it's, it's a good one, actually. It's a very ancient word. It's thousands of years old. It was D-E-U-K, Duke, oh. and it meant to lead. And that gravitated, it shortened down a bit from D-E-U-K, Duke. It um, shortened down into Latin as ducks, ah. meaning leader. Right. And that still remains in schools, the leader uh, academically. Um, and Duquere meant leader and commander, which drifted into French as Duke, meaning a leader and commander who was of noble birth, mm -hmm. not just any ordinary leading and commander. Mm -hmm. So then it moved over to England in the 1100s. It's been used in England since the 1100s, and Duke meant then a nobleman of the highest rank, and that's what it still means now. Mm -hmm. Nobleman, no, not royal, you see, noble. There are two kinds of dukes. There's a rich, influential duke of somewhere, and also a higher rank and royal duke. Prince Philip is Danish, and has always been a prince, but was created with the title Royal Duke of Edinburgh. Uh. And Prince Charles is the Duke of Cornwall. Mm -hmm. So those are royal dukedoms because, well, the, Corn the Duke of Cornwall involves owning a great deal of land because Prince Charles owns a great deal of land in Cornwall. Yes, he does too, doesn't he? He owns Dartmoor. Mm. Dartmoor Prison is in the Duchy of Cornwall. <laughs> Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this kid's uh, the Duke of Sussex. I don't think he actually owns Sussex, as Charles does Cornwall, though. Uh, I think he's just been given a, a f freedom to run around there. Yes. Uh, and I hear on the grapevine, though, that people in England, in those places, are really thrilled when a Duke... Oh. Uh, like, when, wasn't William created Duke of Cambridge? Oh, yes, he was. And the people of Cambridge were delighted. Just went nuts. Yeah, at last we have a man. Um, <laughs> now, Lord and Lady. Oh, they're lovely. Um, they're a term of rank in the secular sense because in the biblical sense, Lord means something quite different. Uh, they've been around for centuries and centuries. Lord can mean a man of high hereditary rank or a man with bestowed power, such as a Lord Bishop or a Lord Mayor. It comes from the ancient English word Lafford, which meant, would you believe, keeper of the bread. So the, the actual yeah. ancestry of the word Lord is that it comes from the man who kept the bread. Well, bread was pretty important. It was, and his wife would be called Lady because she comes from the old English word halafdish, meaning kneader of the bread. She kneaded it to put it before it went in the oven. So the, the dish bit of that word survives still as dough. Uh -huh. Bread is made of dough. Ah. In the British system, as in New Zealand, um, men always share their titles with their wives. Women in Britain never share their titles with their husbands. Mm, okay. It's bizarre that the, the New Zealand government introduced that policy a couple of years ago, that if you were made a knight, mm. you would be Sir John, but your, lady would not, your wife would not be Lady Smith, she'd be Lady Mary Smith, right. which is quite inconceivable because that means that she was given a title which she actually wasn't. But if a woman is damned, and she's Dame Mary Smith, uh, her husband remains Mr. Mr. Smith. Oh, okay. Although, although the internal... That's why Francis Hooper isn't 
Duke Francis Hooper or whatever he is, Sir Francis Hooper, because it's, isn't it Dame Lestrange Le Corbett? Oh, Of yeah. world, whatever the hell, whatever her name is? Yes, yes, it is. Okay. But if she was Dame, under the, under the law which New Zealand government instigated, he would become Sir. Because um, oh, okay. a man who has created Sir, his New Zealand wife now becomes, automatically becomes Lady. Okay. All right. What if they don't get on? He might not want it to happen. Um, now... I has, has, anyone, has anyone, has there any gossip reached us about whether the Queen arrived yet? Or? Oh, no, she's going to give me a call when she's ready. Um, Would she ring you from her taxi? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Megan with an H has arrived um, in a big old Rolls Royce. And there is news that the royal family are on the move now. It's a lovely sunny day in Windsor, just south of Slough, where the office was set. The Queen Mother. Do you ever meet the Queen Mother? Yes, I did. Um, the Queen Mother was extraordinary because she had this sort of gentle, chubby, sort of teddy bearish kind of mm. sort of aura. And yet I was recently read, reading um, the, uh, yet another book about the Duchess of Windsor who caused the downfall of King Edward VIII. And the Duchess of Windsor was a cold-blooded, outspoken, very severely disciplinary American woman who was not much liked. But when she got involved in the royal family and she came up akin against Prince... Uh, against the Duke of Windsor's brother and his wife, who, who became the Queen Mother, mm. she had to face the fact, she was told to face the fact that the Queen Mother had a sort of cream puff appearance, but when it came to fighting for royal status, she was just as fierce as the Duchess of Windsor, and she never showed it. Mm. And, of course, the British public supported her enormously because they didn't want the Duchess of Windsor. No. And so the Queen Mother became much beloved. What's the American divorcee? It's going to be a bit of a redemption. It's yes, a bit of a fix, yes, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. 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 Um, mind you, if you read carefully about that situation, the fact that she was American and divorced were only two of the problems. Oh. She was not a pleasant person. Oh. She was a little bit um, selfish. Yeah. And the documentary that was made about her jewels yeah. has to be seen to be believed. The amount of money she took out of Britain by being given jewellery by the king and then by the duke. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And in that documentary... Piece of work is what we call them. A piece of work. But the documentary about it somewhere picked up a quote from the queen because the royal jewels are held in a, uh, in a, a bunker which is said to be the size of an ice rink, those are the crown jewels. Mm. They don't belong to her personally. But she has uh, quite a large number of jewels, and she said in this documentary, the Queen actually said her words were, I never wear jewellery very much unless I have to. Nice. Isn't that a good line? <laughs> She's one of the few people in the world that would actually be able to say that they have to. Yes. 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 Well, she recently was filmed trying on the crown, which she said she hadn't had on since she had been crowned. <laughs> and it was, that was one of the moments when... Oh, she, she sent someone out to get it. Can you go and get my crown? No, no, she actually sat there and she told the jewellery bloke, she yeah. said... He, uh, he suggested that it was heavy because he'd lifted it up. Mm. And she said, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> She's the only person in about 30, 40, 50 years that does know. Where's the poet laureate? He should be doing well, something. He, well, not yet. I don't know. And they're not married yet, Graham. Give them, give them a chance. Part laureate should get his pen warmed up and write some sort of verse of meaning. Um, 
Andrew Motion. I've got a lovely little story about Andrew Motion, who was the Poet Laureate, who missed out on doing something that he really should have. One of my favourite interviewee subjects ever was John Cooper Clark. He just tells this story beautifully, Max. It's about the Queen Mum and the Poet Laureate. Obviously, I'm the greatest living poet, so uh, all the time. I'm Have you, you turned down Poet Laureate ship? Well, I've never been asked. I'm, I'm not holding me oh, breath, not? That, that's not going to happen, is it? You well, why I mean? not? John Bitchman. Oh, I suppose he's all right. You're John, I mean, John was great, though, wasn't he? But he wasn't a dangerous no. Republican revolutionary like me. You know, I'm not going to offer it to him. No, actually. But speaking of which, right, let me tell you, this is a good story. True story. Andrew Motion, right? Forever people have said, why well, come you're not Poet Laureate? Like, you know, that question comes up a lot, but I should have been because uh, I was in Paris in the days when when the tenure was occupied by uh, Andrew Motion. I was in Paris, and on the cover of Paris Match magazine was a was a, a photograph of the late uh, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. And I, I thought, well, why... Uh, I, why why would she be on the cover of a, of a, a Republican French magazine? You know, why, they couldn't give her monkeys about the Queen Mother, you know what I mean? So I looked at her, I thought she must she must have died. So I passed it over to, to my wife, who's French, you know, that's the reason why I was in Paris in the first place. And I said, sweetheart, I said, have a look in I suspect the Queen, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother's died. So she, she read, uh, yes, yes, she's she died. She has died, you're right. And uh, so I look, I leave, I thought, it must have, so Andrew Motion must have written something about it in verse, you know, I mean, that's what it, that's what the job's, that, that, that the job description is, the remit. Yeah, you, yeah. You're, you're required to come up yeah. with the goods whenever something momentous happens within the royal family. Yeah, come on, poet boys, now's get, the time. Get, exactly, come at the gig, come at the guy, come on, what do you got to say about that? I look through them, but within 30 seconds, I rattled off a little four-liner that completely summed up, went to the heart of the late Queen Elizabeth the Queen Mother's appeal amongst the amongst the the blue-collar elements of the East End of London. She didn't move to Balmoral when London was being blitzed by the Luftwaffe. So that really engraved her name in the hearts of the East End of London, you know, the people of the East End of London. Nobody would have blamed her if she'd have fucked off. But she hung around and helped out as best she could and all this, you know. So she was the... They loved her in the East End. There was genuine affection for her. But even among elements that might not approve of royalty, they had a soft spot for the Queen Mother. So, bearing that in mind, within 30 seconds, I could... A confounded rhyme. A you, single entendre. Economy, poetry is economy, about economy. Economy, that's the story of her appeal among yeah. the East Enders. Yeah. 30 seconds, Graham, that took me. 30 bastard in seconds. Well done. More he, fool them, that's what I say. He needs to hand you that rum he's supposed to get. Because he did you nothing. Get a barrel of sherry. Yeah, that's Yeah, like hand that. over that barrel yeah. of sherry and the 75 quid per annum. Hand it over. <laughs> You're not entitled. <laughs> nice one. John Cooper Clark stepping in. He said, the, she was the actually asked, she was asked about that once, about that incident he spoke of, uh -huh. about her staying on. And someone had said to her, don't you think that you and the princesses should be moved away somewhere out of... And she said, if I did that, I couldn't look the East Enders in the face. Mm. 
And when they were bombed, she went down. Mm. And someone in the press dared to criticise the fact that she wore a hat with feathers in it and pearls and everything. And she said, why wouldn't I dress up to meet my friends? Yeah, yeah, nice one. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. could handle it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he's the guy getting married, right? The... Um, the hairy one him and his brother they're walking up the St George's Chapel steps going in and they're meeting this clergyman I don't know who he is they're all bald aren't they looks like Captain Mannering looks exactly like Captain Mannering in a dress and he'll be talking about Jesus inside uh, 22 away from 11 o'clock Max cries here more royal themed words their origin and meaning and why on earth are they having a wedding breakfast in the middle of the day the weekend variety wireless with Dock Edge Festival for details visit dockedge.nz the footage we're seeing of Windsor and the the wedding at the moment is very very much like the slow speed car chase footage with OJ Simpson except a different coloured car. It's black and there are five other black cars behind it zizzing along and we think it uh, contains the bride to be uh, rather than the queen. There are a lot of other cars there, aren't there? There's a lot of security out. What a week for MI5. Good heavens. He was a soldier, you know, Max. Who was a soldier? Harry. Oh, yes, he yeah. is. He, he had a fatwa on him, a big fat fatwa. Fatwa? Yeah. Bounty put on his head. Yes. But That's many... why he didn't wear the crown when he was out in the field in the army, because that would have been a bit of a giveaway. He doesn't have a crown. Oh. <laughs> the princess, the queen has a crown. Well, he was fighting in Iraq or somewhere, <laughs> Afghanistan. And, um, yeah, he didn't want to stand. When you there. said the word fat wire, you said I actually lost the thread for a split second oh. because I thought you meant a fat lady. No. But fat. I'd forgotten that a fat wire was a sort of curse. Yeah, mm. it's, it's like a bounty, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, please kill that person. Um, okay, now, they're having a wedding breakfast after this affair. Um, I suppose there'll be telegrams read, things like that. And it's only a reduced number because the, the chapel is is not big. Well, it seats 160, but I think they can fit in 600 if they all stand up. But um, that, that happened to me at the wedding I went to because as we were leaving Westminster Abbey, mm. coming out the door quite slowly because there were 1,800 people and about 8 million public outside and every TV camera in Europe. Mm. And um, um, the woman next to me was Japanese as we were squeezing out the door and she was, oh, spoke very good English and I didn't realise who she was. And she said to me, excuse me, can you tell me, are you going to the breakfast? And I said, no, alas, I'm not going to the breakfast. And she said, why, why is it a breakfast? Will it be bacon and eggs? Yeah. And I, she spoke good English, but obviously wasn't familiar with sort of the background to things. Mm. And I said to her, I think it's because in ye olden times, uh, when there was a definite um, religious ingredient in a wedding there now doesn't have to be but a religious ingredient meant you had to fast before the mass of the wedding service oh. so you got break fast and then when people started having civil weddings or weddings of another religion that didn't necessarily have fastings um, then they just kept the word I then found out that she was the um, crown princess of Japan so obviously she didn't but she was lovely. It's funny, she said bacon and eggs. It might have been miso, miso soup or well, something I suppose for breakfast. she'd never had bacon and eggs. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Um, 
Okay, Max. Uh, I, I want to hear more stories from your time at Westminster Abbey when you're at one of these things because it's the exact parallel uh, of the previous generation, isn't it? Because this is the second son of the next in line and the one you went to was the second in line, the second son as well. Yes, but that... that I don't think that comes into account um, to a certain extent, yes, because obviously he was the second son and he had no hmm. children. Of course, Prasandra had no children at the time he was married. Yeah. But th there was one aspect that intrigued me, and I remember talking to you about this some time ago and you were intrigued. Um, I was shortly afterwards, I was working out of Hollywood in those years, and I was at a very important um, gathering of President Nixon's in one of the big hotels in Hollywood. He was arriving by helicopter onto the roof, mm. and we were all waiting downstairs in a great big circular room. And round that room were placed American security guards who had to be seen to be believed. Black helmets, black leather, um, guns, mm. triangular bands across their chest, boots and the full regalia of an outdoors military um, security guard. And <clears throat> I was standing next to, um, to Clint Eastwood, who heard my voice and knew that I wasn't an American. And he said to me, is it like this when the Queen goes somewhere? And I had to stop and think. And I remembered Westminster Abbey has these huge pillars, huge pillars. Round every single pillar, there were grouped, four, there were placed four young men in perfect suits, perfect haircuts, glossy, shining shoes, and eyes like steel. And they never moved. Each looked east, west, north, south, round every pillar. And there's a lot of pillars. And they are the James Bonds. They are the real British service. And you'd never notice them there. So I said to Clint, the only answer I can give was, yes, it is the same, except you can't see them. Right. You simply don't notice they're there. Yeah. Because yeah. they all look exactly like film stars. Like, very elegant. Right. Tough as boards. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, that... Funny old Rolls-Royce. I think you can get them quite cheaply these days. Hell of a thing for gas, but um, I don't think she's worrying about it today. Uh, the driving up that big walkie thing that goes up the, the big long road with the cheering people either side. They're very, very um, happy that it's all happened. After the wedding, they're going to go round the streets and show themselves. In a Landau. And I don't know what a Landau is. I'm What's that? It's your job. <laughs> I know. Well, I have to admit failure. I mean, I mean uh, it's obviously a sort of an open carriage of a shallow build mm. and quite small. But mm. that's... Why did it get that name? Yeah. They should have arrived in one as well. Um, the advent of the vehicle, I think, is the internal combustion engine-style vehicle. It's a little bit disappointing. I love a horse and carriage. Who wouldn't want a horse and carriage? She's a princess. She deserves a horse and carriage, don't you think, Max? Well, there is a feeling that a Rolls-Royce is a reasonable substitute. <laughs> I don't know. And a crowd of several million. Like it looks like a crowd of several million. Yeah, okay. Now, the gates opened automatically for them. That's okay. They didn't have to use the swipe card, which was... That must have been organised ahead of time. I, I don't know whether we've, we've been gossiping, Graham, and we haven't noticed, but has anyone seen the Queen arrive? No. Now, is this is the thing. Sneak in. Yeah. Now, it's all... It should be mostly about Queen Elizabeth II, I think. How old is she now? 92. 92. Yeah. She's fabulous, isn't she? It's going to be a strange day. Uh, it is. It is. It is. Um, I have a feeling it's all being planned now. 
because I was one, I remember once in London in a taxi I was in it stopped at a, a road a quite an important road it stopped and was told it couldn't go any further and the driver leapt out very very annoyed and he said to the policeman why can't I go on this road and the man said there's a rehearsal and the taxi driver said what for and he said for the Queen Mother's funeral Oh, that's all right then, said the taxi driver. And he got back into the taxi and went and found another way. When you think about the genetics and the kind of life that Queen Elizabeth II has led, she could make it. She, wouldn't it be amusing as well if she was the oldest person in the world? She could actually get there. Because Queen Mum, you know, it was a, a tougher life and she made it to 101. I don't think amusing is quite the right word. I just wanted a fun fact. If Who's the oldest woman in the world? Queen Elizabeth. Well, the other one died the other day. She oh, was a hell of amusing, actually. 125, wasn't she? The old yeah, one? well, you see, it could be a while yet. Before I'll tell you one Queen thing, though. Um, um, I'm an ex-TV producer and used to movement and grouping and measuring and, and cameras mm. on tripods, etc. I'll tell you what, the cameras in that building are very, very small yeah. in, in the chapel. They were in Westminster Abbey. You were totally unaware there was a television. There were about ten cameras, but you couldn't see them. And you can't see them there either. Oh, hidden with the James Bonds. Yes, oh, there'll be James Bonds in there for sure. And uh, we're just what was seeing on the screen at the moment, the, uh, the flags of the garter of the people who've got the garters there and there, there are all the flags. Uh, very colourful affair. Now, you wanted to say something, Max, um, before we pull up stumps, about the general positivity of this entire well, affair. Well, I was speaking to some people a couple of days ago who were sort of criticising the, the sort of coverage, the encouragement, the sort of making available the, the tiny cameras and the, you know, the sort of publicity and who's mm. wearing what and who's going to do this and do that. And the coverage is worldwide. And it occurred to me that the British government isn't stupid. Because the whole world is watching this, I think. We're pretty safe in saying that. Those that can, will. Mm. And what does it do? It focuses attention on efficiency, and not only that, but productivity. Because when the Prince of Wales was married... Mm. No, I beg your pardon, Prince William. It was calculated that when Prince William added, the experts walked out that it brought 350,000 visitors. The tourist trade went up by 350,000 for that period. Now, that's money circulating in Britain. And after the last royal wedding, it was estimated by the Crown accountants that there was a one billion dollar increase in retail sales because mm. all those souvenirs and all those hotel bookings and etc etc it's not it's not all uh, empty i mean it's done with huge sincerity mm. but it's also very practical mm. oh yeah people love it and that's good enough for me oh if you want to know harry's still got the beard <laughs> Yes, he has. People were wondering if you might shave it off for um, for the do, but no, nah, no, nah, he's still got the beard. Looks good, though. It looks good on I him. I think it looks fine on him. Yeah. Mm. I think, what do you reckon? Do you reckon he's the, the Hewitt's kid or not? Oh, I've no idea. Neither of you. No. <laughs> no, no, neither have I. And I suppose it doesn't really matter. He's in the family, isn't he? Uh... Look, he's getting married in the Windsor Freaking Castle. He's in the family. Yes. They're not worried about it, are they? You think there's been a DNA done very discreetly? I don't know. No, you don't know, so no, don't I you don't know. No, I don't that's think what it I, matters. What I told you. Is didn't? that more like the Queen? That's a Bentley. Oh. Oh, good God. Which... Look at that thing. That's an armoured tank. We're, we're, we're looking at a, a car <laughs> which <laughs> looks like it weighs 16 tonnes. 
uh, to carry a woman protector. who's barely five feet two. Ah, she's the queen, Max. <laughs> she's the queen. Um, uh, that looks rather queen-like, doesn't it? Well, sort I, of don't, vehicle. I don't have a sort of wardrobe of images, and I'm wondering mm. why she's arriving after the bride, or has the bride been held up somewhere? Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's fashionably late. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we'll uh, wrap up this royal affair. It's been fun with Max Cryer. Yeah, it is. And Max Cryer has been in this hour. It's been fun, Max. Thank you for coming <laughs> in and uh, describing some stuff about what's, uh, you know, this chapel. And we've just seen the Queen arrive. Um, very low key. Colour? What colour would you call that? It's a very queenly lime. It's called isn't chartreuse. It? Is it? Yes, it's called chartreuse. You can say lime and get away with it. No can problem. you? Yes. But it's more French and it's snobby to say chartreuse. Isn't is it? it? Oh, it's, sort of, <laughs> I, it's quite. Yeah. But but it's she bit, has. It's flasher. But she has the gift and the confidence of not not dressing flashy. Mm. I mean, she looks better in her plain coat and her plain... The hat's got a few feathers on it, but some mm. of the women who've been arriving look outrageous as if they're sort of in a, a, a parade themselves. Yeah, yeah. But the Queen has the style just oh. to wear a simple outfit and look wonderful. The, the subtlety and confidence the confidence yes yeah absolutely I'm, she doesn't need to show off i'm anything. the queen she That's doesn't it. need a fascinator she is the fascinator yes, yes, yes. yeah absolutely and uh just uh, good news phil's arrived he's had the hip hop and he's there with the queen you could see him saying oh this bloody another of these sausage <laughs> when he was in the car. It looked rather hot in the car too he was struggling for air there for a while i clambering. wish people wouldn't call him greek yeah. His name, his surname is Schleswig Holstein Sonderberg Glucksberg. He's the grandson of the King of Denmark, and the King of Denmark was asked by the Greek people to send a king what? down there because they've lost theirs, and he sent one of the Danish princes. Yeah. And the Danish prince had a son called Philippos, yeah. with not a drop of Greek blood in him, well, but still. Didn't some, the Greeks borrow him or something for some titular purpose? They borrowed his father. Oh. His father was in Greece when Philip was born. Right. Um, we should be standing up at this stage. I think it's God Save the Queen as she walks in and she's just said hello to her two grandkids. Well, the ones in question, the ones that are in line. Um, there's Phil. He's actually 116 this year, isn't he, Max? He's looking <laughs> no, good, though. he's looking good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. And now the, uh, the, the kiddies arrive in order to hold the dress up and stuff and the Markle gets out of the vehicle and uh, will be... Uh, going up the stairs and stuff like that. Archbishop of Canterbury turns up to do the Jesus stuff to make sure they behave all the laws and believe in the right things. Oh, that, don't wear pink like that. For God's sake, woman, what are you thinking? I Mac, think, I think, this, this woman is like a beacon. She's a walking orange cone. She this is just light pollution. That's Who is it? Well, it's correctly called puce. P-U-C-E. I can't believe that. No, it is awful. Kate Middleton's there, all the little kitties walking up the stairs, and this is uh, where it all gets very princessy and people get carried away, which is marvellous. I'm starting to get carried away myself. (laughs) Good on you. God makes you proud to be British, doesn't it, Max? That does make you proud to be British. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I should tell you we're going to return to regular programming after the top of the hour because it's all churchy stuff inside and not half as much fun as looking at people looking ridiculous walking in. Um, We're going to be looking at another album, Turning 40, from 1978, the debut from Kate Bush. She was 19 when it came out and... 
Fun fact, I think it's the first number one completely penned by a female. She was some talent. It's 11 o'clock. I hope you've enjoyed the royalty extras. I thought our monarchist was fun and actually made some good points. We'll leave Windsor Castle back to the Normans and <laughs> Grant Smithies with uh, another music review after the top of the hour. It's 11 o'clock. Thanks very much. Thank you, Max. Do you know the origin of that? Oh, we Max? can't do it. We've run out of time now, Max. Now you bring it up. Radio